Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into The Intruder in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Today's episode is going to be pretty quick. Uh, like I said, I will be taking next week off um, to work on book revisions and so and such, and hopefully wrap those up. In uh, it's in the preliminary stage right now, uh, and then I will have plenty of free time after that until I have to do. I, I assume what would be final revisions. Uh, we're not sure if there will be uh, any more additional steps after that. But uh, for today, we're talking about The Intruder. And there's a bunch of new films coming out this weekend, The Intruder, Longshot, and Ugly Dolls. I went and saw The Intruder last night. Um, I, none of these are really interesting to me. I'm not really looking forward to any of these new movies this weekend. But the time, uh, the, the, the showing worked out best for me to go see Intruder. And so uh, that's what I ended up with. Now, <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar, uh, The Intruder follows a young, successful black couple moving from the city to the country. They purchase a house owned by Dennis Quaid's character. And, uh, you know, he wishes them good luck, and he's like, hey, you know, I lived here all my life, yada, 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 um, the house is yours, and then he keeps showing up. I don't know how much the trailer shows, uh, but it's kind of a um, home invasion story, in a sense. Uh, you know, you got a lot of, so <laughs> the movie tries to present a lot of different emotional stakes and dynamics uh, between the main couple, uh, who are played by Michael Ely and I'm not sure who the female is. Michael Ely and Megan Good. Megan Good. Um, I'm familiar with these people. She was in uh, Shazam. She was in Shazam. So there's that. Uh, so they're the couple. They're moving to a beautiful house. Uh, it's in California, Napa Valley. Dennis Quaid is like, hey, I'm moving. I'm retiring. It's all yours. And then he stops. He doesn't move. He doesn't leave. He, does, he just he just shows up again and again and again. Uh, and uh, it gets progressively more creepy, terrifying. And there's... There's a lot of problems with the movie, uh, and it's not a good movie. It's a pretty bad movie altogether, and I, there's no, like, single defining element that I would say is, like, this is the worst part. I thought Dennis Quaid was decent as this creepy old guy. Uh, you know, Michael Ely and Megan Good are okay, but not good. Uh, there's this Mike character played by Joseph Sikora, who I thought was terrible. <laughs> I thought he was really bad. And uh, there's a couple of other characters throughout, but those are the primary four characters. And Joseph Zakora is, is very, very, very supporting, secondary, tertiary character rel relative to the, the others. And so 
the question is, I guess the, the kind of driving force of the story and narrative is what is Dennis Quaid's actual goal? What is he really looking for? What is he trying to accomplish? Why won't he let go of this sit, this house? Uh, and then the second question, and lesser question, I, I don't think it really actually matters when you watch the movie, but is, you know, whether or not Michael Ealy, who plays Scott, and Megan Good, who plays Annie, which one of them, whether or not they, they will be cajoled by this Dennis Quaid character, uh, who whose name is Charlie. Because in the movie, often uh, Scott and Annie are separated. They're not together. You know, Scott works a lot. Annie is home a lot. So Charlie often sees Annie by herself. And... When he's with her, he seems very charming, maybe comes on too strong, but charming. And when Scott is around, he gets, you know, he sees the same charming side as uh, not so good, as uh, threatening and dangerous. And so that plays the two of them against each other, um, as best as it can, I guess, because... The problem is, when you do something like this, if you're not putting the audience in on that feeling of separation, that divergent uh, analysis, then we know, as the audience, that obviously Michael Ealy knows what's up, and Megan Good is oblivious, and doesn't. Because we're all aware, whether or not you've seen the trailer, whether or not you can just read the room of the movie that Dennis Quaid is not a good guy, and Annie Russell, Annie is being duped. So, to that extent, I think the film suffers, because making it a question for the characters and not a question for the audience uh, destroys a lot of goodwill and tension, in my opinion. I think... You, see, what, what you end up with is when, and whenever Charlie and Annie are together and alone, we know, audience, he's not good, that what he's doing is trying to, to, to one degree or another, you know, pull the wool over her eyes and convince her that he is a good person when he's not. And on for her, we see her as like, oh, things are okay, this is all great, he's just this kind old guy, yada, yada, yada. And then when we see him and Michael Ealy, the, the movie plays it as, the movie tries to play it as Michael Ealy, uh, Scott, is being kind of a jerk about the whole situation. Uh, also, emphasized by Annie, always, you know, at least in the most, for the most part in the movie, convincing him, like, oh my goodness, like, how can you be so mean? You're such a rude person, yada, yada, yada. This is not good to, you know, be nicer to him. He's an old guy. He misses his house, lost his wife. But we know that she's wrong, which is a whole thing about, you know, why is she the one that's wrong and why couldn't it be like, oh, make her the one who's convinced that he's a good person and vice versa or whatever. I don't know. Either way. We know she's wrong, we know he's right, and the movie just constantly hammers home the fact that she doesn't believe him, she doesn't trust him, 
and it creates these other side plots and scenarios that further reinforce the fact that she shouldn't trust him and that he's not to be trusted and that he's crazy and so on and so forth and it it, it just it, it devolves into this frustrating and irritating thing of man why can't like why doesn't she just pay any ounce of attention to to what's been happening like how is it not creepy that x y and z happened why like the first time he shows up again after he theoretically sells and leaves the house he's mowing their lawn doesn't say anything doesn't ask anything just shows up mows the lawn and then she invites him to thanksgiving um you know it's uh don't don't get it don't get it at all you know i i don't they try to they try to give her motivations and expl- and an explanation as to why she would act this way and i think it is grossly grossly uh, underexplained and very very impossible to to believe and it's it's just very frustrating as a viewer to watch these dynamics and and trajectories and narratives play out now outside of the story outside of the characters the editing in this movie is garbage um there are some physical altercations that take place in the movie they are edited very choppily and almost impossible to see what's actually happening perhaps that is to do with the fact that dennis quaid is like two and a half times or at least two times older than michael ely uh there's a sex scene and the build-up to the sex scene is one of the worst editing moments I've ever seen. Uh, definitely this year. It, it just looks awful. It, it, it's jarring. It's... it's the, And, like, the way the music cuts in, it all felt really awkward and weird and, and didn't work for me at all. Uh, so I, I think the editing in this is really, really bad as well. You've also got, let me see, uh, a a there there's a to kind of go back to the altercation, the physical altercation scene that happens, and and this it's most noticeable in that moment, but I think there's also a scene early in the movie, very early before the house is even sold, that uh, involves gunshots, and I think the sound mixing in this movie. So the layers of the sounds and like the volume mixing and whatnot is not good. Uh, it, it's there's moments in the movie where they try to I don't know they try to play with with what a character can hear and so you know we're focusing in on what one character can hear and everything else kind of buzzes down and, and fades out and uh, the gunshots are incredibly loud the the punches and the physical altercation though are as loud as the gunshots and like I, and this is something i've always been bothered with in in action scene action movies and action scenes it's just how overwhelmingly loud a, a punch is because i mean that that was me hitting my fist against the palm of my other hand and it's loud but it's not a gunshot <laughs> i just i it it really is I don't know, it's frustrating. Um, 
and like you're gonna get a lot more sound from fist on palm than you are in like fist on stomach and and that's what half of the like punches are in this altercation scene um yeah it's uh I don't know it's not a good movie. I don't recommend anyone go see it. I most of my audience laughed uh, at many of the theoretically um, serious and thrilling moments. You know, it's it's the kind of movie where you could easily spend the entire runtime yelling at the characters because they're doing the wrong thing. Like, don't go there. Don't do this. Don't say that. Don't let him there. Don't. And it's like, he's right behind you. Uh, and I think that adds to the sort of campy uh, trashiness of the movie. And so, you know, if that's your thing, I, I think you'll be just fine watching this. But otherwise, it's, it's not going to be enjoyable at all. If I can praise one moment, if I can praise one moment, I think it's in the trailer. Uh, I think there's a shot of Michael Ely. Um, he's woken up in the middle of the night. He's grabbed a baseball bat. His security system has been tripped. He runs outside and he gets to like the edge of the property. There's a there's there's trees in front of him and then on the other side there's like a beaten path that kids party in. And you can hear the kids and they're like speeding away. And one of their car headlights shines in Ely's direction, and the car turns, and so the headlights sh pivot, and ca uh, you know s gl glide across the front yard, and then into the woods, and then away, and we don't see them. And when that happens, it illuminates Dennis Quaid standing in the forest, standing in the trees, watching. Scott, Michael Ely, Charlie watching Scott, and there are maybe two or three times where we get a shot like that, where it's like, oh, I did not realize that there was another character standing in that spot behind us, out of the way, unknowingly, and the other ones, or most of the other ones at least, include a, a pretty loud sound effect to be like, scary, and this one doesn't, that I remember at least. I don't think it does. And I think it's perfect. Like, I think in a horror movie, in a thriller, I love these moments. It doesn't draw attention to it. It doesn't focus on it. It doesn't point it out to you. It's just there, right? It makes you, I think by not drawing attention to it, it's a little more startling. It's a little more like, oh, shoot, he's right there. He is right there. And that in and of itself is far more terrifying, scary, thrilling, whatever you want to call it, uh, than, you know, the, the light passing by uh, Charlie and the sound effects and the score, you know, escalating, and, and all of a sudden it's like, Bwah! and it's like, ah, but you're telling me, and realizing it for myself is, is far more rewarding and, and satisfying as a viewer. So if I, if I can praise one element, it is that. I think that shot... That one shot is is praiseworthy in the film, and I think everything around it is is hot trash, hot trash. So uh, that's kind of it, though. Uh, like I said, this was going to be a pretty quick drive-by episode. Um, 
I can I can tell you what's on tap. I can tell you. So so we're skipping next week. So that's three episodes missed. That leaves us with nine episodes in May. We have the top ten movies I saw in April left to go. We have uh, top ten May-born actors still to come. There's plenty of new movies. You know, we got Detective Pikachu coming out next weekend. Uh, I have to look at the calendar here. Let me see. New release 2019. You know, who, you know, maybe Long Shot or Ugly Dolls gets a statistics episode. The Hustle, Palms, um, John Wick, Chapter 3. Definitely going to have to talk about that. And then the last weekend in, or well, the last full weekend in May, we get Aladdin. And then May 31st, we get Godzilla, Rocket Man. Uh, the weekend before that, on Aladdin weekend, there's also Booksmart, Brightburn. There's a lot of movies coming out uh, in May to talk about, and uh, we'll get to them. We will get to them. Additionally, uh, I have planned a full MCU chronology episode, maybe multiple episode thing uh, with Meg. Uh, we watched all the MCU movies in absolute chronological order uh, prior to seeing Captain Marvel uh, and then saw Endgame twice over the past weekend and then I saw it a third time. So we're going to find some time, talk about that. We're going to talk about every single Marvel movie that we can, as much as we can. Uh, It could be, you know, an audiobook worth of, of audio. And so depending on the length, I'll either put it out as one, two three episodes uh so that's on the on the horizon as well and i don't know if that'll be this month next month uh, or what but it felt like as good a time as any and uh, i think it'll be a lot of fun so thank you for listening to today's episode i do appreciate it um sorry to be taking off a week but it is a necessary it is necessary it is a necessity and i will be back in how many days? 10 days. 10 days on Monday the 13th. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, at Circle of Film, Letterboxd, at Circle of Film. If you would like to find more episodes of the show, there are hundreds. Uh, you can head over to most places podcasts can be found, including iTunes. You can also head over to the website, circleoffilm.com. All the episodes, top 10 lists, and things like that are put on the website. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can also email circleoffilm at gmail.com or you can support the show by liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing on whatever service you use or going to patreon.com slash circleoffilm. You can subscribe for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.